0: I'm going to rephrase the entire beginning just because I can. It's it's always a struggle for me when there's not a set group of messages ready to go and and at, at times when you are spending your quiet time alone with the Lord and and wanting him to to just lay out a bigger portion of the road ahead and 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 God takes you to that place where He gives you just enough light for the step you're on and and that's where I was this morning Um, got up early and and went through my normal just quiet uh, routine where I I get up and and I look at what the verse or the thought of the day is and and I read a, a daily devotional that I get to look at and and I've been reading uh, through the the Old Testament. I've been in Kings and and seeing how over and over and over again these kings would do evil in the sight of the Lord. And, and every now and again, you'd get that glimmer of hope with a king that would do good in the eyes of the Lord. And and I thought, Lord, you know, where is where where's the message coming out of that? And 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 the Lord was just really quiet. And, and it, that's never comfortable. You, you ever had that conversation with your dad where your dad would just get real quiet? And and in the modern, you know, comical vernacular, you know you done messed up A.A. wrong. <laughs> because if dad got real quiet, it usually meant that you'd messed up. And... I spent just some time sitting before the Lord, and 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 I couldn't, I couldn't even think of what to pray. You know, how do you ask God to, to to step in and give you a, a word that that will impact people without being a little selfish and saying, God, I need a word that's going to impact me. And not even joking, I, I wandered around the house most of the morning just frustrated because I had no idea what God wanted to say to me. And, and then just before we left, uh, I had my old King James Bible out. And I'm doing a very special project with it that I can't tell you about until it's done. Uh, but it's, you know, Denise knows about it, so it's not a huge secret, but I'm working on a project with that Bible specifically. And and I, I put it away and I opened up my NLT and I found my bookmark in a strange place because I don't remember going to this passage of Scripture. And uh, two words jumped off the page, and, and it really captured where my heart was this morning, and God began to speak in, in such a powerful way through Psalm 107, and the title of today's message is simply, Lord Help Of course i really wanted to be cool and bust out a guitar and sing help by the beatles because anytime i hear the word help that song goes off in my head and i'm not a Beatle maniac or you know beatnik or whatever they were i i probably could only name you a handful of songs by the beatles but that one is stuck in my head you know because help i need somebody and and God took me to Psalm 107, and uh, the majority of this will be on the on the screen. Out of the NLT, uh, the King James reads differently. The uh, New King James reads differently. If you have the Amplified, you're going to read way more than the rest of us, and that's okay. Uh, <clears throat> there there's several translations, but uh, the phrasing of the NLT. Uh, I have the NIV and. Uh, something else nas or something and i i could copy and paste and things would have went faster instead of my terrible typing skills but i terribly typed it so if there's typos i'm a terrible typist and psalm 107 says give thanks to the lord for he is good his faithful love endures forever Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others He has redeemed you from your enemies. And I could have stopped and preached a sermon right there. The Lord is good. Give thanks to the Lord for His good. His faithful love endures forever. Has He redeemed you? Then speak out. We we live in a, a society full of people who feel it is their obligation to open their mouth and spread their opinion. When the church realizes it's our obligation to open our mouth and testify of what the Lord has done, we'll begin to get the backlash of the culture that will change the culture. They can call you hateful. They can call you bigot. But the one thing they cannot call you is unredeemed. They cannot take away a title the Lord has given you. They cannot claim that you're not a child of God. They cannot claim that you aren't saved and bought with a price. They cannot claim those things. Because you have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And David goes on to start explaining about People and, it, and as I started reading this this morning, I, I saw different phases of my own life and, and phases of the lives of other people that I know and love. And, and I see into the lives of people I deal with every day. Because David writes and he says, Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty, and they nearly died. And David is is talking about history of the the Israeli, the Hebrew people. But, you know, David's writing in the Psalms are also prophetical and, and speaking about the spiritual condition of people. And look around you. How many people are wandering around lost in our world today? And they're without a home, without a A place in the body of Christ without a church family because they don't understand what it is to be connected, what it is to belong to something, to belong to the kingdom. And they're hungry and they're thirsty and they're nearly dead. Lord help, they cried in their trouble. And he rescued them from their distress. I want to tell you that one of the most powerful prayers you're ever gonna pray is Lord help. Ah, we got to talk a lot about calving season and and the the bad moon that has been arising. And you know, you if you work with cattle this time of year, they wait for temperatures to change drastically before the babies come you know this week brace yourselves you know it may not be the moon this week it's going to be the barometric pressure and the temperature change and then babies is coming and i'm going to tell you there's times and and i've only helped pull a handful of calves in my life that in the middle of that hectic fast-paced confusion the only prayer you may be able to mutter is lord help I've been at, at multiple sports injuries, some that were very extreme and severe. And, and in the moment of of emergency, the only prayer that, that comes across your mind is, Lord, help. I'm still praising God I've never had to use CPR. And... And I pray that I don't, but if that day arises, I know the prayer that I'll pray is Lord help. But they cried in their trouble and he rescued them from their distress. If that's not part of your testimony, you better buckle up buttercup because it's coming. If you don't know what it is to live in distress, then you really don't know what it is to live in the land of blessing. Because you can't fully appreciate the blessing in your life until you've endured those moments of distress. When everything was completely out of your control and all you could do was count on the Lord to come and to rescue you. I'm not saying go make bad choices and put yourself in that spot, but life in general will put you there. Life has a funny way of punching you in the face when you think it's going to hand you a bouquet of roses. That's just the nature of life. The nature of life in this world. Because this world is bent and broken. And until Jesus comes back, the bent and brokenness of this world will do everything it can to steal, kill, and destroy. He led them straight to safety. Aren't you glad God doesn't take winding roads to get you to where he wanted you? At salvation, it was not just confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and, and then walk backwards 300 steps and crawl over broken glass upstairs. It wasn't some weird, goofy path that made you physically have to go do something. God made the path very straight that if you would confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, that you would be forgiven of your sins. That's very straight. And it's a very straight path to safety because the moment that happens, you are no longer destined for an eternity in hell. You are guaranteed an eternity in heaven. What a straight path to safety. Let them praise the Lord for His great love and the wonderful things He has done for them. I, I cringe if I'm at a testimony service and people don't have anything to say. It makes me cringe to think that God's people would ever have a moment of silence about the unspeakable greatness and love of God. You know what? If all you have to say is that you know God saved me from my sins, that is a testimony. You know, if you got saved at a young age and you didn't do anything really rebellious the rest of your life, bless you. That is a testimony to God's saving and maintaining power. Any more, if you're married beyond three and a half years, that's a testimony. If your children made it through their senior year of high school without you killing them, that's a testimony. Because I guarantee you from about 14 on, my parents probably wanted to go the Cosby route with me multiple times. I brought you into this world. I'll take you out. I mean, and I deserved it. I was a terrible teenager at times. And, and it's not all our fault. Some of that's biology. But we're not going to talk biology this morning. Garrison's having a good laugh at that one. But the psalmist goes on, he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. How many of us are still chasing after things to fill up that hunger and that thirst that aren't good? This is your weekly reminder to be careful what you put in your body. And that's not just your mouth. We we consume things through our eyes and our ears far more than we do our mouth. If our mouth would be full of praise, it's really hard to put Oreos in there. It can be done though. I'm telling you, Super Bowl Sunday, we found mega stuff. You know, while I was away from Oreo, the Nabisco company decided we'll find yet another way to tempt J.J. Manning we're going to take and we're not just going to do double stuff we're going to do mega stuff (laughs) because the stuffing is the best part of the Oreo and and Kelly's like no it is not (laughs) yes it is yes it is (laughs) the hungry and the thirsty he satisfied now we go to if, if this next section of the psalms doesn't describe a majority of the people we deal with in our world today that are fighting some sort of depression or or you know i'll i'll call a spade a spade you know mental struggle and a little bit of mental illness and anxiety fear depression you know you you can start listing out these and they're they're medical conditions that often have a spiritual root Some set in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned with iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. That is why He broke them with hard labor. They fell and there was no one there to help them. This is where people get uncomfortable with with the nature of god and the reality of who god is is that there are times that he will bring discipline upon your life that you don't want there there are times and we talked about it in sunday school with job that he lifted his hand of protection from job so that job could prove who he was and, and it wasn't God that did any of the testing or the tormenting of Job. It was the prince of the power of this world who wants nothing more than to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants you to set in darkness. He wants you chained and bound to the gloom and doom of this world. And I love how the psalmist phrased that with iron chains of misery. Have you ever been around somebody that was just miserable? There's nothing you can do to snap them out of it. When they want to be miserable, they're going to be miserable. Lord help. They cried in their trouble. And He saved them from their distress. He led them from the darkest and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. Let them praise the Lord for His great love and the wonderful things He has done. For He broke down their prison gates of bronze and cut apart their bars of iron. The the crazy thing about the majority of of the, the places we find ourselves bound and imprisoned is that if we let Jesus, He'll open the door, but we have to be willing to walk out. Can you can you just visualize a prison cell with the door open, and somebody sitting in the middle of the room saying, "Well, I'm stuck." I, I think sometimes we we walk amongst people who are stuck because we're not willing to talk about how God took us out of the gloom and the doom and He opened those prison doors and and when we walked out, the freedom that we found. Because each of these things, it, it starts out with the prayer of Lord help and the Lord always answers. But then immediately after it, the psalmist said, those people need to offer praise for the Lord and the wonderful things He's done. Because if you'll find a way to let God be glorified through the victory over your struggle and you'll make it known to others, it's like taking the keys in a prison and handing them down to the next cell as you walk out. Instead of just walking out of the prison singing, I'm happy, I'm free, what happens if you start letting other prisoners out? I'll tell you the first thing, it's going to make the warden of that prison angry, and that's okay. Like I told you last week, pick a fight. That'd be one worth fighting. Because he lost the right to the keys. I'd hate to be the jailer that lost the keys. You know, that's probably a big reason why the devil's so miserable. Because the Bible says Jesus went and took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. The best prisons that Satan had. He lost the keys. Anybody feel that frustration when you lose the keys to a vehicle? You can sympathize with the devil a little bit. And then laugh at him because all the frustration you feel has got to be worse when you lost keys to eternity. Some were fools. Whew! They rebelled and suffered for their sins. They couldn't stand the thought of food and they were knocking on death's door. As I read through this, I thought, what a picture of addiction. What a picture of addiction and, and being bound to something so strongly that, that you would rather have it than eat. And, and they were knocking on death's door. How many people do we walk around with every day? Maybe how many people are in the room that every day you're 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 literally knocking on death's door with choices we make, with choices they've made. Lord help. They cried in their trouble and He saved them from their distress. The wonderful thing about Jesus is it doesn't matter what the struggle is. It doesn't matter what the prison was. When you cry out in your distress, He saves you. He sent out His Word and healed them. No one will ever be able to convince me that David was not just a man after god's own heart but that david when he praised god he began to praise god in the prophetic because god sent out his word john chapter one the word became flesh and dwelt among us he sent out his word and healed them what did jesus do while he walked this earth he healed them what did he do at the whipping post he healed us snatching them from the door of death too many good thoughts there let them praise the Lord for his great love and the wonderful things he has done for them Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about His glorious acts. Doesn't say sing on key. But sing joyfully. Some went off to sea in ships and I started to paraphrase a little bit here just for the sake of time. Uh, And... They they went out uh, according to this plying the trade routes of the world, and they too observed the power of the Lord, uh, Lord's power in action. Okay, if you read down through this, uh, it, it says they they too observed the Lord's power in action, His impressive works on the deepest seas. He spoke and the winds rose stirring up the waves. Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again to the depths and the sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wits end. There's people that have this naive notion that, that God will never allow you to go through distressing moments. Right here in Psalm, David says that he caused the seas to be distressing. I can't imagine being on a boat that gets thrown up in the air off of a wave. In my youth, I used to like to tube behind a boat, and the tube would get tossed into the air off of the wake because my dad was a jerk and would cut it hard like every good dad. And he would launch us up in the air, and it's all good till you came back down. When you hit that water coming back down, it would separate you from the tube. Unless you were stubborn. I don't know anyone who's stubborn. Okay, that's a lie. I'm terribly stubborn. And I was holding on to that rope. You know, I treated it like bull riding for me. I was gonna last longer than eight seconds on this thing. And you were gonna have to kill me to get me off the tube. And dad was more than willing to comply. And and I, I probably several times on that tube got to the point where I was at my wit's end. And I want you to understand, there's moments in life that you'll go through that it feels like your boat's getting thrown up in the air and crashing down to where you can't even hardly stand up. And you're at your wit's end. And in those moments... And in the moments of these sailors, they cried out, Lord, help. They cried in their trouble, and he rescued them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. I I know that it's easier to look at the physical storms, but what about the mental and emotional storms that we go through? Do we ever stop in those moments and cry, Lord, help, and wait for that peace that surpasses all understanding? Because when we cry, Lord, help, in our distress is when he comes to rescue us. He doesn't show up after the storm's over, he shows up in the middle of it. And God has a track record for that. He didn't he didn't wait till the lion had taken a bite out of David, or not David, Daniel. You know, he didn't he didn't let Goliath take a swing at David before he stepped in. He didn't he didn't wait till they their clothes had burned off. In the fiery furnace. God has a track record of showing up in the middle of your distress. And if you want the truth, He's already waiting there for when you get to the distress. He's waiting there. You can't tell me He wasn't waiting in the lion's den. Because hungry lions wait for no one. First time you throw in fresh meat, they're eating. Fire doesn't wait for you to hit the flame to start being hot. <clears throat> okay, the, the furnace they described, they threw them in from above. The fire killed the guys that threw them in. God was already waiting in the midst of their distress. He's already there. But they didn't see the rescue till they cried out. And I wonder what it was like walking around in the middle of physical flames with Jesus like that. I mean, I get a little smoke in my eyes and I get really weepy. That's why I'm not a fireman, I, I don't handle smoke very well. But in the middle of their distress, and it. And David goes on to say what a blessing that stillness was as he brought them safely into harbor. It wasn't he brought them to harbor and then caused it to be still. He caused it to be still and let them enjoy the journey to the harbor. Let them praise the Lord for His great love and the wonderful things He has done for them. Let them exalt Him publicly before the congregation, before the leaders of the nation. You want the challenge of this week's message is is not just to enjoy the rescue and, and the freedom, but to exalt Him publicly before the congregation, before the leaders of our nation. Summing up verses 33 through 38, it just describes more of who God is and and the power that God has. He changes rivers into deserts and springs of water into dry, thirsty land. That sounds like Northwest Oklahoma. Uh, He turns the fruitful land into salty wastelands because of the wickedness of those who live there. But he also turns deserts into pools of water and the dry land into springs of water, and he brings hungry to settle there and to build their cities. They sow their fields, plant their vineyards, and harvest their bumper crops. How he blesses them. They raise large families there, and their herds of livestock increase. When they decrease in number and become impoverished through oppression, trouble, and sorrow, the Lord pours contempt on their princes, causing them to wander in trackless wastelands. But He rescues the poor from trouble and increases their families like flocks of sheep. God brings changes. God directs turns and God blesses. Turns aren't always comfortable. Changes are not always comfortable. But the blessing of God is often found in the turning and the change. Verse 40, he rescues and he increases. And David wraps this up beautifully, and, and we'll join him with it. The godly will see these things and be glad, while the wicked are struck silent. Those who are wise will take this to heart, and they will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. The godly see all the changes and the, the turns and the struggles that our world is going through. And they'll be glad. And you, you see all the trouble and the wars and the rumors of war and all these things that, that the Bible said were clearly going to happen. And the, the society we live in just keeps getting darker and darker and darker. Be glad. But, but our, our, our whole world is just drying up in, in a form of death and decay. Well, you dry out firewood before you burn it. Don't be shocked. In this entire world, that's what it's destined to be in its brokenness. Because go to Revelation, behold, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old were passed away. Those who are wise will take this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. As a history teacher, I need to hang that in my classroom. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. You cannot separate God's love from history. Not just American history, but history. Each of you have history. Where would you be without the love of the Lord? Lord, help. When you don't know what else to pray, Lord, help. When you're happy, Lord help. It's hard to stay that way. I promise. At at some point, there 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 may come a time where where God just tells me the, to to speak a lot shorter and to allow us more time to respond. One of the the deeper convictions I've had recently is that, that we don't hear each other enough. And, and some of that's selfish for me, I'll just be honest, because I want to hear what God's doing in your life. And chances are somebody on the other side of the, the sanctuary needs to hear what God did for you. And... And the, the second thing is that, that I, I really feel God calling us to allow for a time in our service to respond to God's Word where we begin to fill these altars again. I, I can't imagine that, that this was just meant to, to hold the offering plates. I cannot believe God would ordain that that was the only purpose of this part of the building. And so that, that's the gentle way of your pastor saying there's going to be changes coming in our morning worship. And they're not, they're not meant to make people uncomfortable or feel alienated. We'll never make you do something. But it opens up an opportunity for you. And, and I I want you to see that that we're always on God's time. You know, I may look at the clock in the back, and and a lot of times I, I'll just be truthful. If God's speaking, I don't care what the clock says. And if if God speaks to you and says that you need to go and pray, I don't care if I'm in the middle of sharing God's Word, you come pray. You'll never offend me wanting to talk and draw close to God. And, and it's not out of order at all to me that somebody would come. Now, if you want to come shouting to the heavens, then, then we're going to talk a little bit about that because there's scriptural context there. But, you know, who's to say we don't all join you? So this morning, we're, we're going to close in prayer so we can get to our business meeting. But I just wanted you to hear where the Lord's pushing my heart. And, and if that's something that, that deeply offends you, please feel free to come tell me. And, and we'll get out the Word of God and we'll reason together with the Scripture. And I'm a lot like Martin Luther in that way where unless I can be convinced by Scripture, you don't change my mind real easy. And I'll try to see your point of view, but I'm ultimately going to adhere to the Word of God. And I can only adhere to what I've read, and I've read a lot. But you may have read something I didn't, and I'm always teachable too. So this week, try and recognize a Lord help moment. And let God be who he is. Lord, thank you for today.